hold a silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. the new world order should be. 
Men are just confused altogether, and some are just simply protesting the fact we've been plundered again by the bankers and the big families that truly run the world. They're at the top. They've always been at the top. And the system will always protect those who own the financial monetary systems and the resources of the world for the next 10 years or so, 15 years, those countries that still have natural resources will have things happen to them as the same big families go after those resources under the pretense of keeping them all safe, keeping it safe for the future for everyone. And that's really what's working out today. I'll be back with more after this break. by reading many of the books and articles put out over many, many years by the big foundations that guide the politicians and the, and the political parties along the right path, the right path, the one that they have chosen. And I always re- reflect on a speech given at the World Bank by Mr. Rockefeller where he said, well, they said, this generation, unfortunately, are the cannon fodder for the changes, for this agenda. And he also put a quip in there. Now, he's talking to those in the know, so he doesn't have to really expound on, on what he's talking about. There's little terms he uses. He also said that you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. In other words, the chaos that would ensue during this transformative stage, this is the age, remember, the century of change. They've called it that, the century of transitions. Transitioning from a society where we were already ruled, not just governed, but ruled, but more with a, a, a lead, more of a laid-back, unobtrusive technique. Um, to, but it's going into the stage now where it's, it's really personal. They're really into your life to know all about you. Because the old ideas of the old way of living, of, say, choosing a partner to, to live with and marry or whatever, or having children and deciding maybe what you want to do with your life. You might be very good at one thing in school, but you might choose something else that you really like. Well, you see, that will go away as well, and that's what even school to work was about, modeled on the Soviet system. If you show an ability in a certain area, you'll be taught nothing but that area all through schooling, and that's what you will work at, whether you like it or not. A planned society is what they're talking about, worldwide but also a manageable population. Apparently, uh, these characters you see who run the world really believe in evolution, and they believe we've just gone through social stages, and they've all listed in your history books, you see, the age of this, the age of that, etc., which is nonsense, really. It's, it's a way of predictive programming you into thinking that we're just evolving and through necessity from one step to the next. Every step is always planned by those who already rule. You never see disenfranchised rulers and their families or bankers down through the centuries as these ages change. It doesn't happen. So they're still in charge. See? And we're going into the next plan stage of the planned society. The one is called collectivism. 
It's also called communitarianism. George Bush Sr. used that term. I was surprised because it was so close to communism. But he knew that if he didn't say communism, the average person would never connect the two. They wait for the media to reason that out for them. And now you hear about communitarianism, your community, all the time. Eventually, you'll be suspect if you don't turn up at community events. That's what, that will happen down the road. They'll say, I'd ask you if you're antisocial. So they're using sciences, you see, to guide the public. They understand the public perfectly, perfectly well. Every individual is understood. And how you reason, how you come to conclusions is understood. And your need for socialization amongst other people, communication, they understand that. But they want to supply it to you along a politically correct agenda. And they have many plans for us. They've already told us about them about eventually breeding a new race of workers who will give them no problems. And they've got all kinds of things out there to convince us as you go along this particular path, how healthy it will be. We'll all be so healthy. We won't have cancer genes and all this stuff. This is how they sell ideas to us. Just like they sold the health care systems to every country in the Western world. Even though Lenin had said that these services are meant from the beginning, to become authorities over the people. We disregard our observations and we we get data fed to us, autism, multiple diseases, etc., and we ignore them because we're waiting for the media to tell us to worry about them. And if they don't, we won't. Very simple technique. Brzezinski was quite correct. We expect the media to do our reasoning for us. That's how bad it's become. Those in charge have been building up internal armies all throughout the Cold War of police and different special organizations to deal with what's to come down the road shortly. Under many guises, under the war on drugs and the war on terror now, you have internal armies. You have basically martial law to an extent. The police are completely different from how they used to be in their behavior towards the public. They're callous. They're insulting. The TV cop shows, the, the British uh, equivalent to the American cop shows, which is all propaganda, will actually show you the cops laughing at the elderly people and so on. No respect whatsoever. Because they're a brotherhood now, you see. And, it's, and they see the public as an enemy that they prey on. And they're allowed to prey on them. And they're encouraged to, to prey on them. Predators. You laugh at the weak when you're a predator, you see. And as all this is going ahead and the future is all planned and the think tanks have told us the next 50, 70, 100 years, as it going back to Rockefeller's statement, uh, the fallout in society is, is just part of making the omelette, you see. You can't do it without breaking the eggs. So massive confusion will reign during all of this, just like the G20 meeting. When even when a politician tried to get to some of the groups and ask them what their demands were, they couldn't verbalize it. They just had the anger in them that things were all wrong. And no wonder, as I say, we've just been plundered by the banks again. With the government in collusion to protect the banks, 
and then reward the bankers for doing it. That's called injustice, you see. And you don't have to understand terribly much to know what injustice is. Yet this is the system that still runs us and is going to take us all down very gradually, maybe faster, who knows, into a manageable society that they will still rule over. Remember what Huxley and Lord Russell and others of their ilk said. And Charles Galton Darwin, in his book, The Next Million Years, he says, we, the elite, will not alter ourselves. They're talking about dumbing down the people physically and chemically and by other means, any means possible. The needle as well, according to Russell, in his own books. He says, but we, the elite, must retain our ability for self-preservation, meaning all their qualities for observation and self-preservation must be intact, but the rest of the people wouldn't need it because the state would be managing them and all their affairs. Total war was declared on the public a long time ago, and as I said the last couple of days, we're like mushrooms, we're kept in the dark and fed you-know-what. Even most of the media that you get, even articles I read, are handouts to the media with spins on them. And the classic technique is to give you one side of a story and an exact opposite side of a story without ever going down a middle path and telling you more of the truth. Very simple. The big science magazines that come out telling you what the scientists are thinking of, of working on and possibly discovering and maybe working as obsolete. They were obsolete before you we were born. Whenever they announced something or going to work, it was done a long time ago. That's how you keep people in a different reality. They think they're in reality. When things happen to them, they say that can't happen. They haven't been able to do that yet. Boom. Works great. Works fantastically well. So whatever discovery they come out with is obsolete, technically. There was a, a few years ago when the U.S. and Britain were going into Iraq. It was leaking out into the press, mainly through word of mouth and so on, and through observations of some people. The technology was used and experimented with, and they always do this with the U.S. and Britain, experiment on a people who are conquered. Because there's no inquiries when you slaughter a bunch of conquered people. It doesn't matter who they are, villages, whatever. And it was denied and poo-pooed by guys at the top. And I'm going to put a link up tonight on a site, or for a site, that shows you from eyewitnesses and surgeons what happened to a busload of people in Iraq who had gone through a checkpoint they're all trying to get their relatives because all thought they were going to get killed. And they were passed to go through. Then they were told to turn around. So obviously they hadn't left the area of observation of the U.S. troops. And then they used this weaponry on them. It's an experiment, obviously, because they were villagers, men, women, children. And can you imagine the setup of being in a bus? There was no noise, no banging, no, no guns gone off. And then you see people's heads instantly sizzle and turn black. And abdomens go open and skulls go open and all this stuff flies all over the inside of the bus. 
and legs were lopped off cleanly as though with a laser. And then in this clip you'll see them going to Mr. Rumsfeld as he admits to, that they have certain stuff, but they wouldn't use it. And then he denies that and goes back and says, well, sometimes you can dip into stuff that isn't quite tested, and this is how he blusters through it. But then he goes on with this technology to some of the sources, like Reathon, the big organization. Most of these big companies are received, they're all part of the military-industrial complex. They have many branches of the military-industrial complex, many branches including propaganda departments and mainstream media. It's all part of the same system. And we're going to go into this and more of it after the following break. years of riots. 
that also tells you they knew there was going to be a, a financial crash because it was planned that way. That's part of the restructuring for this century of change, by the way. Planned that way. And it brings the World Bank up to its proper place, as it was designed to be, with the IMF at the top as well. Everything works together. We're never given the whole truth about anything. If we're given a bit of a truth, there's always a spin in 180 degrees to diffuse the, the conclusion you should arrive at. Here's another site, and I'm going to give the, the link on my website at the end of the show. And it's from Spectrum magazine. They're touching on some of the non-lethal aspects of the same weaponry. It says that 15th of April 2009, this week at an arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama, defense researchers are testing a new high-powered microwave, it's called HPM Combat, one that creates an electromagnetic pulse capable of disabling electronics, vehicles, guided missiles, and communications while leaving people and structures unharmed. Well, that's if they want to use a certain frequency. It says the tests mark the first dimension, the first time such a device has been shrunk to dimensions that could make it portable enough to fit in a missile or carried in a Humvee or unmanned aerial vehicle. We've already seen articles on this. In fact, I've given links before where they show you one mounted on a Humvee and they have people walking across the fields and if they come behind their shield and expose any part of their body, the, the effects are instantaneous. You can't stand there. You're hopping all over the place. Microwave weapons have been sought for decades, but the problem until now has been the probability or the portability issue. Well, that's the completely solved that. So we're going to test this bomb. This is developed at Texas Tech University in Lubbock with U.S. Army funding. It's great how they use all the universities. They always have. That's why the big foundations, they're all part of the military-industrial banking corporate establishment. That's why they give grants to universities, because, you see, they have the patent rights on anything that the students or the workers discover on their investigations. This is a 1.5-meter cylinder with a diameter of about 15 centimeters. These dimensions were the most difficult of the three metrics the Army asked tech to meet, according to Larry Alt-Gilbers, the Texas Technical Contractor Monitor and Engineer the U.S. Army Space and Missile Defense Command in Huntsville. The bomb also had to operate under its own power and, of course, generate lots of microwaves. And then it goes on and on and on. This is old stuff here. This is old stuff because they were using stuff in Bosnia to do with uh, kicking out all other frequencies on the airwaves by similar technologies by flying the craft across. And eventually, as I say, all this kind of stuff will eventually be used on the public themselves. We pay for all through our tax money. We pay for all of this through tax money, all this. And we pay for the universities too. We subsidize them as well. We pay for everything. We pay for our chains and our own funerals. I'll be back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
folks. I am Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. I thought I'd let that guitar wail for a bit because that's really what it's all about right now. I was just doing a bit of wailing as we talked to those who understand in a world that's surrounded, or we're surrounded by a world that certainly doesn't understand. That's the mainstream. And those who live in TV land who are more upset about Madonna's rejection or being refuted or turned down for her second adoption from an African child or something. That's where their heads are. That's where their heads are. They don't see the spring above them. They don't put two and two together with everything to do with uh, massive infertility, any of that kind of stuff. They just go through their program, their indoctrinated programs. And unified television worldwide is a great system because you make sure everyone gets the same program every day, same topics, as Brzezinski said. That's what they talk about. That's where their headspace is. And they'll never, ever catch on to what's really going on. I've gone on before about the infertility rates and how it's connected with the agenda. I've quoted many of the big boys' articles and books themselves where they go into the need to reduce the population. Well, but you, how do you think they're going to do it? Ask for volunteers. Of course not. They go ahead and do it through your food, through your injections. They've, they've altered everything you eat. That's total war. You've got artificial estrogens, you've got bisphenol A and so on in your water and all the things that you drink in plastic bottles. They knew that from the beginning. I've gone into the history of these, these estrogen-mimicking synthetics that's known about in the 1800s. So they put it in your food, they put it in your water, they put it in baby bottles. And then they sit back and they watch for 50 years and study us, and, and they tell us every year, yep, fertility is dropping, and, and uh, males are almost sterile in the West, but we can't put two and two together. It's just a, a freak of nature, you know. We've evolved all this way, and it's nature's way of cutting us back. This is the stuff that the average Joe who watches TV will eventually conclude, because it's brought to the conclusion. If, if at all. And what I'm going to read now is from the Telegraph. And this is a, a handout type PR propaganda thing that gives a little bit of truth but an awful lot of spin and never tells you what you really have to know. Fertility, it's almost an ad as well for women. It's under health news. Fertility treatment doubles in 15 years. Twice as many women are having fertility treatment than 15 years ago, new figures have revealed. doesn't say experts. Generally, they put that in there, and that's all we have to know. This is an increase in awareness of fertility treatment, a rise in infertility, and new techniques. See how they skip over that, a rise in infertility? And new techniques, meaning more problems can be treated, have boosted the number of treatments being carried out. The average age of women having fertility treatment has increased from 33 in 92 to 36 in 1997. As women put off motherhood and advances in fertility treatments are increasingly successful in older mothers. And this is around one in six or one in seven couples will experience difficulties if they want to conceive. And although most will eventually have a child, naturally some will not. It's thought that fertility problems may have increased due to rising levels of chlamydia. So here, here they're spinning you off into a conclusion, you see. 
chlamydia definitely is a problem, which is a, a sexually transmitted disease, and it ends up living for maybe sometimes years and causing sclerosis inside the fallopian tubes. But that's not the main reason for it. Just together, and here they go, with, together with obesity, diabetes, past surgery, hormone problems, and lifestyle factors, such as smoking and stress. In 92, when records began to be kept, they kept them long before 92. There were just 14,057 women receiving IVF treatment, and this rose to 36,648 women in 2007. The Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority, you know you had one. You see, there's an official Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority in every country now. They revealed it. No data is available yet for the number of babies born from women receiving fertility treatment in 2007. The figures for 2006 showed 12,589 babies were born as a result of IVF and intracytoplasmic sperm injection, where the sperm is injected directly into the egg. This number of babies is up 12%, blah, 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 blah. And then the chairman of the HFEA said... There's a variety of reasons why more people are having fertility treatment. Availability of treatment has increased alongside people's raised awareness of possible problems with reproduction, meaning the public are actually getting aware of this now. Isn't that amazing? There's also some evidence that infertility itself may be a growing problem. No kidding. I've read article after article from the big boys on this. When we started regulating the fertility sector, the types of treatment available was extremely limited, as was people's access to it. So for many people, treatment simply wouldn't have been an option. Well, they couldn't afford it. But times have changed. Technologies continue to develop. For example, donor insemination may once have been the only option for couples with male factor infertility. But with the de- development of ICSI, couples now have another option, which uses their own gametes as eggs and sperm. And that's how it leaves you. That's how it leaves you. It doesn't go into why everyone's becoming sterile. You see? It doesn't go into the fact that the big boys themselves said eventually only those who can afford it, and meaning they're the better class, they've proven their worth, will be able to afford this kind of treatment and have offspring. That was written about 50-odd, 60 years ago by the big boys. Because obviously the poor won't be able to afford it. So that gets rid of, you see, the the useless eaters, as Mr. Russell called them. That's how it works. And here's another spinned article here. I love these spinned articles. See, they rely on the fact you don't have memory. And they can keep spinning things off in different different, uh, directions each time they bring up the same topics. This is from The Independent. 15th of April, 2009. Over 1,500 farmers in an Indian state, as in India, committed suicide after being driven to death by crop failure. It was reported today. So this is how they first give you a conclusion, in a sense. Most folk don't read much past that. The agricultural state of Chhattisgarh was hit by falling water levels. Only three-quarters of the way down does it tell you it's because... You see, the big boys are in there with, with their advanced agri-food businesses and they're taking the water from the rivers, etc., and damming stuff. 
sea. Most of it won't get that far, so they'll, they'll think it's global warming. So. The water level has gone down below 250 feet here. It used to be at 40 feet a few years ago, Chaturgan Sahu, a villager in one of the districts, told Down to Earth magazine. Most of the farmers here are indebted. They're indebted, you see, to the banks. And only God can save them and so on. It says his family must repay a debt of £400 and the crop this year is poor. Uh, many have, as they have already committed suicide. Now, this ties in with an article I read last year. There was, a, there was a couple of thousand of them committed suicide last year because, you see, the big boys, remember, remember the Rothschilds made an announcement they were buying up all these farms in India to bring in the new GMO farming? Well, it's because, because they were going for peanuts because the farmers were all killing themselves off and going under to the banks. It was all arranged that way. As the UN goes in with all its so-called relief and help and high-tech this and high-tech that and bank loans from the IMF. But folk don't remember this stuff. They have no memory. So this is why I this is happening. So that's why Laku left even before harvesting the crop. There is nothing left to harvest in his land this time. He's worried how he will repay these loans. Baratendu Prakash from the Organic Farming Association of India told the press farmers' suicides are increasing due to a vicious circle created by money lenders. It's from the IMF, you see. They lure farmers to take money, but when the crops fail, they're left with no option other than death. And guess who's buying them up? The Rothschild's family. By the thousands. Mr. Prakash added the government ought to take up the cause of the poor farmers just as they fight for a strong economy. Development should be for all. It's under the UN development organizations. This is what they're doing to the farmers. And they make them buy these seeds. That was part of why they were committing suicide last year. You see, they were forced to go and buy seed because they've got terminal genes. You can't save the seed for next year. They keep going back to the master to buy seed. So the government blames us for being against development. Forest areas are depleting and dams are constructed without proper planning. It's the big boys that are doing this. All this contributes to dipping water levels. Farmers should be taken into consideration when planning policies, he said. Well, they have been taken into consideration. They want them all off so that the big boys can get in with their agri-food businesses. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. If the Rothschilds wanted it, last year they were buying it up. Believe you me, they're going ahead with it. Nothing's going to stop it. That's how the real world works. That's how it really, really works. And the UN is nothing but a front, a front organization with its IMF and all of its multi-branched associations for these big, rich boys. They're bringing in their communized or collectivist society, which, of course, they will always dominate. Always dominate. And one other article to show you how Spin is put on articles. This was written in 2005 by Azure. It's from one of the Jewish press companies, magazines. They've got a good intro into it, and they talk about the 1976 film Network. I've mentioned that many times, where the news anchorman Howard Beale, played by Peter Finch, is summoned to an urgent meeting with the head of a powerful corporation. Previous evening, Beale who was an, an, a news anchorman, had exposed a deal with, with a corporation which had concocted with the Saudi Arabians and demanded that America not sell out to the Arabs. 
Now his superiors are intent on bringing him to heel. Beale soon finds himself seated in a massive conference room, lights dimmed ominously, face-to-face with the chairman of the board. The chairman's voice thunders through the empty room. You've meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. Is that clear? You think you've merely stopped a business deal? That's not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It's ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It's ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There's no West. There's only one holistic system of systems, one vast and domain interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars, petrodollars, electrodollars, multi-dollars, Reichmarks, rins, rubles, pounds, and shekels. You get up on your little 21 screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There's only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide, and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. That's an old movie. They put more in comedies than they can give you in any serious, serious movie or documentary. Old movie, but right on. Carl Quigley said the same thing. He says, we're bringing in a world, a feudal system where the CEOs, the new feudal overlords, will be these CEOs of multinational, international corporations. It's been here a long time. But the rest of this article, unfortunately, goes into the dialectic of how it's, it's bad for people and, and lots of people are losing out on it and it's creating more poverty. Then the other side saying it's really creating um, more money for people in third world countries, etc. So I don't even bother with the rest of it. But that's, that's how it goes. That's, that's what they give you. And uh, let's go a caller on the line. is Robert from California. Are you there, Robert? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, thank you, Alan. Um, I, I got my books, uh, 1, 2, and 3, and Waiting for the Miracle. Uh-huh. Um, I went through 1, 2, and 3, and um, um, I've, what I see is um, uh, I did a little research, and I see that they're throwing the old hook, line, and sinker out again trying to pull people into uh, thinking that um, um, there's going to be somebody else that they, they, they can vote for. I know. I know. And, uh, you you and see, human nature wants... Uh, what people want, and this has always been understood, is they want a walking God uh, that's going to make everything right for them. Someone they can physically worship. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they, they get the suppliers with an endless parade of them, you know, to vote for, and, and, and they, yeah, they, go they, ahead. They've been men- mentioning uh, over and over Ron Paul, and I'm thinking this guy's <laughs> old, uh-huh. but but I'm thinking also, well, those Brzezinski and Kissinger, you know, maybe they're going to feed this guy the same thing that they're giving him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe they're going to inject him with something or feed him whatever they're feeding Brzezinski and Kissinger, mm-hmm. you know, to keep him going. Yes. Yeah, well, and certainly the, the health care and, the, and the, the high sciences available to them, we will never even get a whiff of. Yeah. They have them. But the thing is, yeah. that's, that's the problem with people. 
Um, you, you understand, too, we, we tend to think in that which we, we grow up in knowing. That's, in other words, the system that we, we are born into is the one we think is normal, simply because it's there. Yes. And if we haven't learned by now that one person using the same system that's completely corrupt from top to bottom, and always was, one person is not going to be able to change that. Even if he truly was a messiah, I mean, he just couldn't do it. He'd be dead before he yeah. could get started. Yeah. 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 I, I did a little experiment. Uh, uh, yeah, I became fascinated with the uh, use of the words in the books. Yes. Uh, uh, I listened to several talk show hosts, and, and I wrote down certain words, uh, taxes, uh, new world order, globalist elite, Mm-hmm. CPS, taxes, uh, New World Order, and on a certain show, it was mentioned um, 232 times <laughs> yeah. within um, two hours. Yeah. Nod, 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 wink, wink. And then Obama was mentioned 100 times. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Repetition, and, um, repetition. Yeah. They just keep it going over and over. Uh, yes. And then I don't know what it is. is it, there's certain words also, like absolutely. Yes, hold on, and we'll go into that uh, after this break. mentioned 16 times. Uh-huh. I looked it up in the dictionary. It's a Latin word. It has several meanings. Um, um, the beginning is A-B, soul. So, you know, I'm wondering who are they talking to? Yes, that's right. Uh, you know, there's something more behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there they, is. There is always with, with ab and aboriginal, meaning yeah. not original. Yeah. They call people, the native Indians, aboriginal. Yeah. And, of course, you have ab, if normal, and it also means not. So you, so ab is not, you know, not normal. <laughs> right. Not original, etc., etc. So they have all these meanings because they have us all classified under different categories, which they never tell the public. But what we're classified as is, is according to our, our intellectual qualities, gene pool and all the rest of it, that's what they're really on about. They're utterly racist at the top, and I'm talking about not just ethnic racism, but intellectual racism in a sense. They believe they have superior genes and they've got us all subcategorized into important, less important, uh, and not important at all varieties. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm convinced they're the uh, modern-day or, or priests. Yeah, well, they are. Uh, if you go back into the setup of Rosicrucianism, and many Rosicrucians initially before they used that name in some countries, but they were revolutionaries, were, were put down by the Catholic Church. They were burned at the stake. But you know what they wanted to bring in was a hermetic order. They called, they called it the hermetic order, based on ancient Egypt with uh, philosopher kings at the top, benevolent dictators, you might say, who were absolute gods, rulers, and judges, with a complete command over everything that lived. 
because they would be benevolent dictators. And they called in the 1500s, some of them like Bruno, who was burned, um, said himself, he said, um, we'll have a scientific priesthood uh, running the people. Scientific priesthood, he called it, in the 1500s. And they have been at it ever since. Yeah. Uh, can I talk about one more thing? Yeah. Um, you had a caller, uh, it's been at the beginning of the week, uh, Steve, I think, from Colorado. Huh? He wanted He wanted to know why, what was wrong with accepting the system that they wanted to bring in. Mm-hmm. And um, in book three, towards the end, um, it, there's a story of Elizabeth Bentley, mm-hmm. a six-year-old girl That's right. that worked in a factory from five in the morning till 9 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. That, that, that hit me really yeah. hard. And she ended up crippled because they were hunched over in these little rooms and... And she was typical of uh, her generation in, in England at that time. Uh, they have no idea of the atrocities that they put us through at the top. And they truly believed that was our function, and, and still do, actually. Yeah. Yes, because yes. Yeah. My, my, I'm, uh, I'm uh, Mexican-American, mm-hmm. but um, my daughter married a Jew, mm-hmm. and I love those children so much. Yeah. You know, it hurts. Yes. To hear anybody talk about Jews and race. Yeah. People are people, and we've got to understand we're going to get past all all the shields they've given us to take up that keep us apart. If we don't, we're all done for. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for calling. And we put more links up to do with the G20 riots and the video footage and so on on cuttingthroughmatrix.com after the show. But for tonight, from Hamish myself and Tier Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.